A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If anyone thought that the first proper women's Tour de France in three decades was going to be predictable, they've been disappointed. True, the obvious favourite, Annemiek van Vleuten, won the title after two days in yellow, but only after eight days of struggle, breakaways, crashes and daily drama. The Mobistar riders come back from a serious stomach bug left her rivals scratching their heads in her wake. Follow Rouleur on social media, subscribe to the newsletter for regular updates, and subscribe to the magazine on ruler.cc. Well, Ruler's Rachel Jarry has been at every stage. James Start has been following from Paris. Uh, Rachel, an amazing comeback for Van Vleuten, who uh, earlier in the week we'd almost written off, hadn't we? Yeah, it was it was quite incredible. Um, she just she did say like every day she was feeling better and better. And um, I spoke to her the morning before the penultimate stage and she said she's her body was ready and I thought well that's that's a warning to the rest of them that um you know she's she's ready to to fight and she did exactly that she attacked from the bottom of the first climb which unfortunately we didn't actually even get to watch on live coverage because she attacked so early the coverage hadn't even started yet um and from then it was Vollering who could stay on her wheel um until I think it was about 60k to go and then Van Bluten put in another attack and Vollering couldn't stay with her and then it was just like a time trial to the finish and I think she won by over three minutes which is an incredible margin. Uh, James that means that uh, Van Vluten has won the Giro and the Tour in quick succession and that's as we were saying uh, the other week that's something that's almost been abandoned in men's racing hasn't it? You know, a whole lot of takeaways. I remember uh, on our last podcast I, I really thought that Saturday stage was going to be the one to watch and it was but what she did was you know, it was Kopi-esque, Pantani-esque. It was, you know, those long mountain breakaways. We rarely see them in modern racing. We started saw it last year. Um, was it the stage to Grand Bourneau where Pogacar attacked uh, from like two two climbs out in the rain? But it was it was only like a hundred and fifty kilometer stage, so it wasn't as 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 long or as as impressive. And he didn't win that stage. Uh, this was, you know, just epic, epic. Um, bike racing with a, a long solo attack that I think will go down in history. Yeah, it was kind of reminiscent of Chris Froome's attack in the Giro um, a couple of years ago when everyone was just like, I think it was like 80k he went from and it was similar with Van Vleuten, everyone was just at the top like, what what has this rider just done? Like in total amazement, basically. Rachel, that final podium with uh, Demi Vollering and Kashi Niwadoma 
um, on. Is it, that's a pretty fair reflection of the race as well, isn't it? Apart from Mariana Voss, who took the green jersey. But Vollering was strong throughout the race and Niwadoma was always there or thereabouts, wasn't she? Yeah, I mean, the top three riders, I think, were the same, actually, on the... Or maybe the top. I don't know if if uh, Nuadoma was third or fourth, but basically they were they were pretty much matched on the uh, set, uh, penultimate day and the last day. So yeah, they were quite clearly the out and out strongest climbers. I guess it was a fair representation in some ways, but there is riders like Mavi Garcia who had such a tough time earlier in the race, and you don't know had she not had those crashes and hadn't had to recover from that, maybe she would have been up there fighting. But yeah, it was an honest race by the end, that's for sure. Demi, uh, you know, she worked brilliantly. But for second, I mean, so clearly second. And it's just, you know, what's it going to take for some of these riders to take to the next step when you have somebody as impressive um, as Lan Wooten in the sport? Yeah, I don't think they know. I mean, I think I asked them that exact question after the stage and they just said, well, she's retiring and um, after next season and then we'll be able to race in these kind of races. But she's she said herself she's 39 years old and every year she's done five to ten percent more hours on the bike and so that's all accumulated to having this amazing fitness and endurance Demi Vollering I think is like nine years younger than Van Vluten so it's pretty she's got Van Vluten's got so much more experience and so much more training in her legs that it's kind of yeah there, there isn't really much anyone can do there was some good teamwork from uh Mobistar to to get her there um which teams do you think have had a good tour and which which of them need to have a bit of a rethink Rachel I think there's um Sarah Tizit WNT they're um, a team who we didn't really see a lot of they were pretty silent throughout the race and I think that they'll probably be going away looking to do uh, a bit more also Trek Segafredo, Elisa Longo Borghini put in a really a really good effort, but she did blow up on that stage when she tried to follow Van Vluten's attack. And um she ended up with sixth on GC, which is is a really respectable result, but for a team of that stature, I guess they might have been hoping for a little bit more from this race, I think. They were really present though. I mean, I what I liked about them, even though their results didn't show it, they were really present in the racing, had, you know, several riders in the mix constantly and um, sometimes the results don't show that. Obviously, you know, Groupama or, you know, the Francaise des Jeux team, um, you know, they salvaged it with the stage win, but I mean, they came in with many, much more, many more hopes than this. Um, but, you know, crashes and things like that are, are things you can't really calculate going into a, an eight-day race like this. The thing with Trek as well is they have Elisa Barsamo, who's a really good sprinter, but there was just Weebus and Voss who were also always just better than her. It wasn't really anything the team can do. It was just... She wasn't the fastest rider uh, when she needed to be. It wasn't really a, a error in tactical error or a problem with the lead out or communication. It was just simply she she wasn't the fastest sprinter. Uh, from the host nation's point of view, it's not been a bad tour. Um, Juliette Labou was just outside the podium and and had a uh, a good race with some really standout stages. You managed to speak to her, didn't you, after after the Friday stage or the Saturday stage? The morning of the penultimate stage, actually. So at the start, I got a few words with her. She was quite hard to get an interview with. She was like absolutely like swamped with French media the whole time. And her press officer was saying like, you can ask her three questions because we have to protect her because she's still under a lot of pressure today for the final stage. And she's still such a young rider, which we talk about in the interview. She's very, compared to the names that she's climbing with, she's not been around as long. So she's definitely like a, a real hope to win this race in the future. And I think 
that excites the French public so much to have a tour, a potential tour winner. Hey Julia, um, congratulations for your result yesterday, fourth place on the Queen Thank stage you. of the Tour de France. Now you've had time to reflect, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I feel actually happy and I also I, if I look to my power fights, I had one of my best days I think I ever had, so I can just be proud and I hope today will be again a good day and that I can uh, go to the podium maybe. So early in your career, you're already fighting with the best riders in the world. Did you expect to be here um, already? And can you tell a little bit about your journey to get to this mm -hmm. point? Yeah, I really focused actually on Giro and Tour de France since uh, we knew the announcement. So it was really, my whole year was focused on that. So I really prepared for it and I went to attitude camps and every training was in my mind, uh, Tour de France and Giro. So I'm happy it's paying off. And uh, I didn't really expect anything. Like I was just, uh, I just wanted to see how far I could go uh, with the level I had. And it's always hard to tell before, like uh, because we have like between third place and ten, like the level is just so close. Like it was just, uh, yeah, it's gonna be close anyway, even today. And how does it feel being a French rider with the home crowds? How's the support been? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I feel so much uh, supported by the fans and families and friends. Like I have never get so much support, so it's really great. Um, it's also good to see. Um, every time there was a, a, a chase on, uh, Audrey Cordon Rago, uh, another veteran rider in the French national champions jersey on the front, dragging people along, shouting at them, encouraging the racing. And you managed to speak to her as well, didn't you? Yeah, um, Audrey is like, she's definitely a team player and she, she's known to be like one of the best domestiques in the peloton. So she didn't, she wasn't really going for her own results apart from one day she got in the breakaway and um, I heard she was the one really trying to shout at people to drive it on uh, and get a bit of cohesion because she's had to experience, so much experience doing that. But generally she's, she's working for her teammates and she's so experienced and so reliable that she's a really valuable member of uh, track and for her to be racing this race in the national champions jersey she said the shouts that she got by the side of the road were like nothing else so i think it was a great experience for her i think there is no word to really describe what happened it's just unbelievable how people are recognizing the national champion and saying my name screaming my name and now it's been really amazing and has it been everything you expected from the race I think it was even better. Of course, we, we had expectations and we were expecting like at least the same as the men. And, we, and it's what we got. But what we were not expecting at all is the, the crowd coming this big and cheering for us this, this big. And it's been a big surprise for everyone to see as many people. Yeah, I remember you said before that the French cycling hasn't always uh, caught up as much with supporting women as much as they do men. Have you been proud of, of the public and how, the, how they've responded to this race? Yes, definitely. And I think more than coming for the women, they came for the tour. And that's what we needed. That's why we needed the tour, because people are first coming for the tour and then they discover what's women cycling. And, um, and this, this is only the tour who is offering this kind of spotlights and and um, and this um, atmosphere and thanks for thanks them for offering us to to women cycling and with that in mind do you think that there should be more um, women's races that are the same as men so maybe Milan San Remo races like that do you think that's the way to grow grow the sport I think um, not always uh, I think we need to respect the um, race organizations who have been uh, on the circuit for so long already and deserve also also the spotlights and I really hope that the tour is gonna make women cycling growing and getting bigger and being more known 
that the people gonna come also to those smaller races or to those races like more unknown and cheering for us because they saw us on the tour that's what i really expect i don't think we need so many more races we have made a lot of races but we need more people following us the whole season not only in the tour and that's what i hope after the tour and yesterday we saw Annemiek van Vluten, she was dominant on the mountain. Um, I, for fans, maybe because she won by such a big margin, it probably wasn't the most exciting race to watch. Do you think that means that those big mountain stages don't have a, that maybe aren't the best option for the Tour de France, for the women's peloton at the moment? I think Annemiek is not eternal, so she's going to stop at one point, and I think the day she stops, for sure, it will be probably more interesting to watch. Not because of Annemiek, she is just outstanding. It's, she's not going to break to make the race more exciting. I mean, she just does what, what she knows to do. Uh, but for sure, when she will be off the peloton, I think the level will be more homogen and the race more exciting in the mountains. So, no, I think we should continue putting mountain stages. I mean, if it was only me, I would be really happy if there is not. But uh, I think we, you need stages for everyone. And yesterday was a beautiful stage. From like an organizational perspective, has this race been above the level of professionalism of the other races you do in the season? Oh, this is nothing to compare. I think uh, it's the most well-organized race. Um, like everything is uh, under control. Uh, you don't have to think about anything. For the staff, it's less work as well. It's much better for them to just focus on the how they have to bring us to the start and bring us to the finish. And, you know, it's just much less work for everyone. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, what uh, some races should follow as an example. It's hard to even put into words, like, why the women's peloton were so excited by this race and how much bigger of a scale it was than anything else they've ever done. And that's why they were they were just, like... That the consensus was they were just overwhelmed by the crowds. They couldn't believe all these people had come out to see them. And that is the effect of the Tour de France. And yeah, it, is, it was crazy the scale of, compared to other races I've been at, I mean, it, it was so, so good to see all those people out supporting them. There was a sense, there was some criticism towards the end of the race that uh, some of the combativity had been knocked out of some of the riders and teams, that riders weren't chasing uh, the breakaways as hard as they could, were kind of accepting at some point that, you know, who the winner was going to be. Yeah, um, I, Jocelyn Loudon, I, who rides for Uno X, I spoke to her at the end of uh, the stage where she'd been in the break and she was saying that people were almost just resigned to the fact they were going to get caught by some by the sprint teams or by, you know, Jumbo Visma for Marianne Voss um, or Team DSM for Lorena Weebus. And she was just frustrated by that. But she did also say it is bike racing. And I do I do see that there could, there was opportunities for teams to put, when Weebus was still in the race, to put uh, DSM under pressure. They only had four riders um, at one point. So they, they shouldn't really have been able to control the breakaway. But yeah, it was, it was so many days of tough racing that I can understand if riders were starting to feel fatigue in their legs. And when it came to the last two stages, I don't think you can criticise anyone's tactics. There was nothing anyone could have done to beat Annemiek van Vluten on those days. James, do you think uh, France is taking this race to its heart in the way that the sort of yeah, the men's tour is, after 100 years, admittedly, uh, woven into the fabric of society? Well, I don't know that you can uh, match 100-year history in, in one year. Um, but... You know, you have to say by all standards, it was a resounding success. And I think what we saw was 
a really viable alternative. I know for, I would be more interested in going as a spectator to see the women's race because it's just not, you know, you don't have to wait for hours in traffic jams. You can have a nice picnic on the road. You can see great racing uh, with the, the countryside. And um, that's a much more inviting scenario for me as a spectator, to be honest. And I think a lot of people watching it this year probably saw that too and said, hey, you know, we could go to the women's tour, just push our vacations back a week or whatever, you know, or, you know, uh, it's only one week later and still bask in all of the, 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 the beauty and ambiance of the tour being, you know, great bicycle racing in this beautiful countryside um, and, and see some really great historic racing. So I think by, you know, the, the ASO is, they're never, ever out in the forefront. It took them forever to get this thing going. Right. I mean, we should have by all, you know, in so many ways been able to have this thing up and running 10 years ago. Right. I mean, there's just no reason that it was such a success. Everybody was like going, why didn't we do this earlier? Um, but ASO is not, they're never going to get out in front of something. But when they do something, finally, they always do it right. Rachel, it was interesting to hear also the reflections of some of the older riders uh, around women's cycling um, on the changes and on the tour. Uh, I know you spoke to Jolene Dour, who's a very experienced rider, uh, now a DS with Team NXTG. Yeah, um, I just thought it would be interesting to get a perspective of somebody who raced in the women's peloton for so many years and has seen the developments and how how different the Tour de France was to anything that they've done before and she was so impressed with like the organization and said it was just like the most one of the most well the most professional race she'd ever been at and um I think she was just also impressed with how she was managing such a young team and those riders were very few of them were even older than 20 years old they're all in the under 23 category and um to be to be you know competing with the likes of Van Vluten and still even coming in in the time cut was an achievement for them when you had Van Vluten on the front doing a solo attack so she was really impressed with her team and really happy with how they'd ridden with a maturity that was kind of beyond their years i mean they're 2021 20, and they're finishing the tour de france um and they even had a one day dubai jersey so the things they're doing at their age it's really incredible uh, especially on this level right now um i couldn't do it uh, i could only win my first race when i was 25 so uh, i'm really looking forward to see what they can do in three or four years and um yeah they're doing great is there anything you would like to see them change for next year or is it change for the future? Maybe what's missing right now is a time trial or a prologue. Um, I think it would be nice to start with a time trial or prologue in Paris. And then you also have a, like a GC already. And it's, it's nicer to start, it, yeah, to start racing with a GC already. And um, yeah, so maybe add a prologue. And a few people have said that maybe uh, there's been the reason why because of the crashes they haven't marked the obstacles in the road so as well as they could do you see that as a reason anything they could change or yeah it could be but that also happened with the men and then and the men's tour de france there were also a lot of crashes because of that uh, they just marked it with something pink uh yeah pink paint or something um maybe they should add a few uh people to that to the dangerous obst obstacle obstacles yeah. but uh, it's hard you know there's so many and then you need so many people as well um so yeah is it, yeah, it's, unfortunately, it's part of cycling. Uh, Jolene Dour there. Um, Rachel, I mean, in, in, we said right at the beginning of this that, you know, this is, a, uh, this is going to be a bike race, but it's going to be much more than that in the same way as the uh, Euro 22 finals were more than just a football match. Um, what are your reflections at the end of eight days of racing? I think my reflections are that 
people love watching bike races fans were there by the side of the road having a good time and it, it genuinely i don't think it really mattered to them if it was men coming past if it was winning women coming past it was the tour de france and they were they were shouting the riders on and you know the fact that they were women it, it didn't really it doesn't it didn't really matter to to the fans and they they loved it either way and i think that maybe that's the kind of approach that we need is you know on a wider level is it is just bike racing regardless of who's riding the bike it's 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 super exciting and i am obviously a bit biased because i've been immersed in all the media around it but i i think that this did make a big stamp i saw it covered on the bbc i saw it covered on loads of news outlets and i do feel like it's really grown the profile of the riders um a lot and i hope to see the momentum continue and i just really hope that fans who watch the race will continue to watch women's racing and keep keep invested in it and um re- have have now realized that you know it's it's equally as exciting as men's if not more sometimes so i would like to see them uh go a little further south and actually hit the alps um there's just something so mythic about the alps and so defining about it also i'm kind of burned out on uh planche de belle fille super planche de belle fille. i mean it's a good climb but it's it's so hard to get to uh, as a as a as a fan or as a journalist, and so I don't know how long it took you to get off that mountain, Rachel. And it just doesn't seem to me always to be worth it. It's not it's not epic in the way that um, I mean it's plenty hard. It's plenty hard for defining you know the race and, and making sure that the, the best rider wins. But it doesn't have that epic mythic uh, allure that the Alps do. And I think the Tour de France femme um, deserves to have that. So I hope that they make it down to the Alps sooner than later. And then, although I think um, Van Vluten is a tremendous first winner, and I couldn't have asked for anybody more, uh, I always find um, bike racing uh, where there's suspense to be the best racing. So, um, you know, when she retires, I think it's going to be actually more interesting in many ways because the battle is going to be fiercer. You know, I mean, having somebody just blow out uh the penalty you know two climbs out and go for a long break is exciting for a while but not day in and day out and um and so i like i said my, my favorite tours have always been the ones where there's been a lot of suspense coming down to the line you don't know who's going to win um and uh i would in the in years to come look forward to um some more just more suspense yeah and i would also add that like it, it was definitely a resounding success but I think it's always important to look up where the race can develop and um, things like prize money. I think um, Van Vluten earned a tenth of what um, Vingegaard earned for winning the Tour de France men's. And even if he used the argument that she did, did it for one week and he did it for three, she still didn't win a third of, of um, his prize money. So even though it's true that increasing prize money won't kind of help the overall structure of women's cycling, I think just the optics of it um, isn't great and it just kind of represents... A feeling of inequality which I think is something they could work on um for the future and yeah I agree with you it would be great to see it go in the high mountains but whilst Van Vluten's still here I'm kind of reluctant for them to add in more um of these long mountain stages I quite I quite enjoyed the earlier ones with the punchy climbs where it was a bit of a tight fought battle so I think I think it's just important they they develop the race uh, in line with how the women's peloton is developing and not too quickly agreed on on prize earning I mean after all you know prize earning is not where all the money is in the sport. So there's, it's, you know, there's even the men's, it's not, it's mostly what they do is symbolically divvied up with the whole team and, and share it. Right. Um, so there's no reason why the, the women's can't get on, to, uh, on par with the men's in terms of prize, prize winning. Uh, it seems to me, it seems 
that, that w- that's a logical one of the logical next steps. Uh, Rachel, for those people who have caught the Tour de France fam and uh, want to know where they can watch more women's racing, what have we got to look forward to, particularly in the remainder of the season? Um, the Tour of Scandinavia is starting. I think it's next week it's starting. So that's a women's world tour stage race, uh, which will have stunning scenery. Um, that'll be great to watch. There's a lot of riders. There's some riders who are going there straight from the tour. I think Cecily Utrebludwig is doing it because it's obvious, uh skirting like through her home country so that and there's also a lot of riders who didn't write uh do the tour who are going to be really fresh and really kind of raring to go after 10 days of not racing so i yeah i can think that'll be a really exciting race and definitely worth tuning into okay and if you want to keep across women's racing there is a weekly ruler women's newsletter along with a more general newsletter with updates on all aspects of racing and race culture and subscribe to the magazine Go to ruler.cc for the best independent coverage of the men's and the women's pelotons. That's it. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, James. We'll catch up soon. <laughs>